Hey, Soma. I wanted to talk about something that got cut repeatedly during our Sent Together series that I still think is really important. You know, there's always things that get cut as you think, oh, this story doesn't relevant. This little bit is not what the Spirit's really leading me to say today. That's not that, that's not what we as a church need to hear and focus on today. And so there's there's always things that get cut. But But there is one thing that I wanted to just sort of give as maybe a bonus little message uh, that got cut as we went through Sent Together. And that is addressing this concept of living on mission or getting on mission. That's something that you'll hear us talk about often. Uh, that's something that we will say in reference to things like, hey, we need to live on mission. Uh, we need to help these communities get on mission. Is our community on mission? Like all of those kinds of things. And, and so I think it's important for us to understand what is it that we as a church mean when we say, living on mission. What we mean is, is that is that your entire life uh, is lived with an intentional orientation on the kingdom of Jesus. That means that, that you ask the Holy Spirit questions like, why did you send me into this place? What reconciliation, what restoration, what truth about you did you call me into? Did you send me here to speak? Uh, that, that means that you're asking the questions of how do I seek the kingdom here, in this school, in this work environment, in this home, in these relationships. Uh, living on mission is making Jesus known and participating in the reconciliation of all things that are in front of you. And so that is what we mean when we say living on mission. And that's really exciting. I think it's exciting at least, uh, because we do this as scattered disciples, as if Jesus uh, just sort of tossed us throughout this whole city, uh, as if we're just seeds getting thrown out uh, to blossom into all of this good gospel fruit. He sent us in all sorts of places, uh, every sort of crevice, uh, corner of this city, uh, people in our church have been sent, which is so exciting. Uh, it also means living on mission, uh, because it's as if God has gathered us together, put us in relationships with one another, put us in neighborhoods, put us in this part of the city to display the reality of the gospel too. As Eugene Peterson says, the church is God's billboard that says coming attraction, the kingdom of God. So, so God has scattered us all over the city at, to live on mission. And he's also called us together in these relationships, in these communities to also live on that mission, to also think intentionally, how are we called? Uh, and so we talk about this in terms of scattered mission and shared mission. And, and both are real, viable, uh, tangible expressions of how Jesus works and really has always worked. In the book of Acts, uh, there's two stories that I just want to talk about real briefly. Uh, the first is in Acts chapter 8, and it's with this guy Philip. Uh, who's a follower of Jesus, who's a servant of the church in Jerusalem, who cares for people, uh, who uh, lives within a community, in a place. Uh, he has purpose. Uh, he has a role. He's living out his gifts. But what we see in Acts chapter 8 is that he also, as just an individual, God sort of takes him and moves him into this relationship with this Ethiopian man who's on his way out of the city. And what happens there is that, that Philip sees uh, this opportunity for the kingdom of God. This person, this Ethiopian man, is reading uh, this, the scroll of Isaiah and he's asking questions about what does this all mean? 
And Philip comes and he says, I know who the servant is. I know who the king is. It's Jesus. And in that moment, uh, Philip uh, shares the gospel with and baptizes and starts the process of discipleship with this man. And there's no other, no other believers around him. It's just him. It's just because God had placed him there in that moment. And it is, it's a whole miracle situation that happens. And some of the things that I take from that is that, oh, okay, uh, the places that we've been sent are not an accident. Uh, they've been put, we've been put on those teams and those relationships and those neighborhoods, uh, in those work environments, all for a significant purpose. It's not accidental. It's, you could even say it's miraculous, uh, because God is involved, right? Uh, the other thing that I see in it is that Philip, uh, is free. He's free to be bold. He's free to declare, Hey, this is me, uh, participating in what God is doing in the world. A little sub sub thought on that is that Ethiopian went to uh, Ethiopia he returned home and there uh, is in Ethiopia is some of the oldest churches oldest uh, belief system oldest uh, sort of institutionalizing uh, and movement of the church in the whole world Uh, before the gospel was moving across Europe the gospel was moving across Ethiopia why because Philip uh, shared the gospel in this sort of scattered mission sense. And you see lots of examples of this throughout the book of Acts anyway. Uh, people living house to house, the, the implication is, is that there's these relationships that people have, and that's how they're being brought into the family of God. And so for you, the question is, how do I live intentionally in all the places that God has sent me as a scattered disciple? Uh, thinking about, you know, that that gets played out with your mom and your dad who don't know Jesus, with your tennis buddy, uh, with your college friend who also lives in the city, with your coworkers, with these friends that you've had for a long time, and you're, you're just sent there and you're around these people. Uh, to live on mission or to get on mission means to, to see all of those relationships, all of those fears through the lens of Jesus is making himself known. And he's reconciling all things. And I'm an ambassador of that. Uh, The other thing is shared mission. Uh, We see this in uh, the book of Acts as well. In chapter 16, uh, there's this great story where there's a team of people, a group of people. uh, Timothy, Luke, uh, Priscilla, Aquila, Paul. They're all together and they're moving around uh, asking the Holy Spirit, where do you want us to go next? Who do you want us to? to, to, to share the gospel? Where do you want us to plant uh, seeds of your kingdom? Uh, where should we go next? And through the course of several events, including a dream uh, that they experience where they feel like God's calling them into this whole other region of Macedonia. And so they go and they go into this town of Philippi. Uh, now sort of the gospel, that's the moment it goes into Europe for the first time. And, and this team, this group of people walks through the city, they clearly have relationships or connections with different people, and then they come to uh, this place where there's a bunch of, uh, you know, entrepreneurial women who have a business of washing and cleaning clothes and garments and making and dyeing garments. It's really great. And they all sit down as a group of people together to pray and to worship, and they're clearly distinct and unique. And in this, in this time... Uh, they, as a group of people, share the gospel with this woman named uh, Lydia. And Lydia uh, comes uh, to faith in that moment, uh, seeing this through this group of people. 
And then Lydia takes them all to her house and, and, and she has everyone in her home come and experience and find out this truth about Jesus as well. They all become believers. And then suddenly there's this outpost and this home and this household and even a business that's all completely impacted by the truths of Jesus's love, grace, mercy, resurrection, all of it. It's so exciting. And from that group of people, they begin to share the gospel further and further and further. And one of the things that you see that I think is just an implication, and there's many other stories in the book of Acts about this too, is that the gospel isn't just, hey, one-on-one, we're all sent to these random places, and that's how it moves out, but also moves through people, through communities, and the way that they love each other, and the way that they display God's grace, and the way that they share the gospel in each of their own perspectives makes a significant difference in the kingdom. And so we might think about getting on mission and living on mission means how do we as a group of people intentionally live in a way where we encourage, where we equip, but we also display Jesus to some people around us. Uh, You can think about multiple disciples in our church displaying the gospel in the same neighborhood where neighbors get to see different pictures of Jesus's transformation through several different disciples. Or maybe uh, there's the same group of moms and nannies at the park and a group of people get to display the gospel there. Or a group of houseless people where a whole team is, is sort of expressing and serving and, and demonstrating the gospel to them. Or the same group of students at a school and the same families through a school. Or the same group of artists or the same uh, group of engineers. Uh, there, there's many, many groupings in our cities. But one of the implications of the mission and living intentionally on mission is that we don't just have communities that exist for the sake of growing ourselves. Uh, that's definitely part of it. And that was part of it in Acts 16 too. But these communities display the gospel uh, to people around them and even intentionally think, how does this group uh, make uh, make much of Jesus's mission too? And so what's our goal as a church? Our goal is to see everyone in our church increasingly yielding more and more of their lives to the mission of Jesus. To increasingly yield more and more of our lives to the mission of Jesus. And what will that look like? That looks like prayer and planning. And both scattered and shared mission. It looks like tons of time praying, listening to the Spirit, just like both of these these stories did. And it looks like planning. And how are we going to intentionally do this? Uh, how are we going to step into it and, and, and go through some of the barriers? It also will look like burden and zeal. A burden of truly caring and having a concern for the people around us that they might experience and taste the kingdom, a true burden and concern for the for the kingdoms of this world to fade away and the kingdom of Jesus to become real in all of these spheres of life that we're in. Uh, but it's not just burden, it's also zeal, passion, excitement, uh, having eyes to see the inbreaking kingdom of God around us. And then lastly, it looks like us, uh, as we yield to Jesus' mission, it will look like love, genuine love uh, for the people around us, but also boldness. Boldness with our actions, uh, boldness to step out in faith, uh, asking God to work, a boldness uh, in the words that we speak, declaring love and mercy and the presence of Jesus uh, in a world that desperately needs it. 
And so that is uh, a whole bunch of things that I really wanted us to share. Some of the implications are is that as communities, we, we walk a balance of how do we equip and send people out in this scattered mission? How do we encourage that? We celebrate that anytime we're out in the world doing that. And then at the same time, balancing it with this truth of how do we as a group work together to share the gospel and see the gospel displayed beyond just beyond just our group. And so that is the tension that we are happy to press into because we see in the scriptures that the mission of God is both. And so uh, we want to structure our church to say the mission of God is both to 